And welcome once again to yet another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. This the regular season has upon us, so it's we got to have another episode here. I'm Bob McDonald. I am at Campus Press Box, and I am on Twitter at Bob McDonald. Um, as always, with me, Jimmy Lemke. Hello, everybody. Um, you can find me on this game at Panther U, the game being Twitter, also PantherU.com, and this podcast, wherever podcasts are sold. Absolutely. Or, Four Lights Out FM free. is our main site, and uh, Stitcher, iTunes, you name it, man. We're everywhere. Yeah, I had, I had, to, bail out, I had to bail out of Twitter for a minute because that was, you know, all, you know, that's, I didn't want to deal with dumbassery this week, but yet here I'm, here we all are. So anyway, but, and, and how could I bail on Twitter? I mean, the, the season has begun. College basketball is officially back. And surprisingly teams, they're, they're all back. And the first game, I know one, one game a season does not make, but uh, looks like by and large, most of the teams doing pretty good there. Uh, Friday, the six teams that played uh, on all one, and um, then we had uh, then we had uh, Saturday, which was the uh, which was the was the you know Falpo versus Trinity Christian, and then the uh, the Northeast Ohio Coaches versus Cancer Classic that involved both Cleveland State and Youngstown State, and probably the most surprising thing to come out of Saturday was the was the the convincing win I might add of the uh, of YSU over Akron who is who is widely favored to uh, be on top of the MAC um, so I was I was pretty well surprised when when that took place uh, just you know knowing you know may, maybe it's because uh, you know I'm, I'm biased by the fact that Youngstown State has perennially been sitting at the bottom half of the Horizon League standings forever and ever and ever but man they looked pretty good yesterday. Are we expecting today? I mean, let's 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 be let's be totally let's be totally like chill about this. Is is Akron <laughs> really taking a step back? I don't. I, I confess, I don't follow them as no, closely. No, since... Akron is not. Akron, again, Akron is one of the favorites to win the MAC. So they were coming in here as, if you will, it's a, so, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to see that we're you know taking the you know, the next step to, uh, you know, be a better pro conference than the Mac. And I, obviously that's an annual thing and it's never really, it's never really totally settled, but it's good to see that uh, for the most part, we are, yeah, for this mo for early on that first win Youngstown state against Akron. I mean, you're talking about a team that's, we got that victory. That's a big deal. So that annual is. Horizon League Mac series, I mean, we got we got we got that Maction off to a good start for the Horizon. Yeah, the um, yeah, yeah. Um, I and man, uh, I yeah, like I, I said, I totally under it. <laughs> yeah, I totally. I I have to admit, I I did with, with as many people as left. Youngstown State in the offseason, I, I really underestimated what they still had left. They still have Cameron Morris, who can who is who did 
outstanding job last night. Matt Dolan. Matt Dolan. No, Matt Donlin. Matt Donlin. I'm sorry. Matt Dolan, of course, you know, one of the relatives of the Dolan family of the Indians ownership. Anyway, um, yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Matt Donlin, he I think he he shot a ton of threes yesterday. They just did an amazing job. I couldn't. Yeah, I yeah. Um, it, I know it's a little early in the season to be eating crow, but and we may be spitting it out if they if Youngstown State reverts back to being Youngstown State and loses well, it's like one, a division. It's, it's, it's one game. It's not like you can be like, <laughs> like I said, it's one game. It's not like you can just say, oh well, this is obviously something that's this is obviously like the new norm is that Youngstown State is now this team that's as good to you know good to beat the Mac. I think Youngstown yeah. goes into that game now, carrying a lot more to win it. So maybe it's, you know, it maybe, was, maybe it's a keep in mind, it was Youngstown. It was a home game, too. So, I mean, it was essentially a home game for them. Yeah, th- this yeah. coaches versus cancer classic, it's a four-year deal. Um, it's Cleveland State, Youngstown State, Kent State, Akron. Uh, they play them in the, the you know, the the court ever for for four years so um i think i want to say next year is at the wolstein center or ever cleveland state is planning wherever cleveland state is planning to play if they get around to actually knocking down the wolstein center which is also apparently in the works um but yeah that's it's it's a nice thing because you know it's it you know there's always been kind of uh you know, a Northeast Ohio rivalry thing going on between, you know, with, between the four, you know, division one schools here. So push comes to shove. Yeah. Where is Cleveland state and Akron and Youngstown state and Kent state going to play each other every year? Probably, maybe not. I mean, Cleveland state's not playing Akron this year. I don't think Youngstown state is playing Kent state this year, but as long as you're playing one of the two schools, it, it does, it really does kind of um, vault the the Northeast Ohio schools out of the out of the throes of the obscurity of the Northeast Ohio sports landscape, uh, at least temporarily. Um, it, it, it's nice to have, and it's for a good cause too, because obviously it's a it's the coaches versus cancer classic. I mean, they put this together in uh, in honor of you know Peters, who was the uh, former um, died of uh, who died of cancer. So it's it, it's all for a good cause, regardless. Um, yeah, uh, looking through the live stream, by the way, um, Jerry Slocum had him. You know, he they they went all in, by the way, on the uh, uh, on. I think their focus was on breast cancer. So Youngstown was playing with the pink uh, with the pink jerseys, uh, the pink outline jerseys, and and Jerry Slocum went all in with the pink. Uh, looks like the at least, at least the pink sport coat. So um, they went all in on that one, and hey, it paid dividends. I have a pink spark coat. I had a pink shirt, but I, for reasons that escape me, yeah. For me, it's more about you know being being as close as I can to my hero, and that's there you go. Um, on the flip side of that coin, you you but, know you had you had Youngstown State 
who won the that was the late game. The the matinee, of course, was Cleveland State, Kent State. A uh, little bit of a technical difficulty trying to get to the to to get in to watch or listen to the game first and foremost. Um, I was yeah. I, if anybody who follows me on Twitter probably knows, I basically read everybody the riot act on that one because that was that was horrendous. Um, ESPN, the watch ESPN channel on Roku and the watch ESPN app on the, neither of them worked for the first part of that game. So if you're a Cleveland State fan or a Kent State fan that didn't make it out to Youngstown, you were pretty much out of luck for probably the first you know chunk of that game. You probably didn't miss a whole heck of a lot because they, you know, by the time they turned it on, they were, uh, uh, the Vikings were down by 15, but, um, I, when you look at that score, when you looked at that score, you're thinking, oh boy, here, apparently, uh, here we go again, because, you know, the dread of the nine and 23 season last year was our minds, but hey, they came, they came back. Yeah, they came back. They did. This was a good one. This, they didn't, they lost in overtime. Um, they just kind of ran out of gas, but the, it looks like, at the very least, they have some pieces now that they didn't have last year. When you know Bobby Gary Water, yes, the Oral Roberts transfer. He was he started out now. He started out a little slow, um, as everybody else did, as it turns out. But yeah, he he led the team with seventeen points. Um, Jamarcus Harrison got us the guy who got the Vikings to overtime. Um, the junior two those college guys, transfer. Two those guys teamed up to score thirty points. So, yeah, not not nothing, exactly. not for nothing. That was good to have those guys. Absolutely, and it was really good. And it was honestly, and it was, and Evan Claiborne, uh, the freshman, who I was really big on when they signed him, because we were all, um, I wasn't sure what role he was going to play. Uh, in this, because they got Jamarcus Harrison, they got Anthony Wright, another junior college transfer, and I really wasn't sure what role was going to play in the rotation. But man, am I glad! I yeah, he was he he did really well in the in the exhibition, but he 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 definitely held his own during this game, which is good because Kent State's got some big guys up front. You know they've got some, you know, pretty. They got some size up front, so that was a that was that you know more so than Cleveland State, which is going to be kind of the running theme for them this year. But yeah, um, one big thing though too, because as one of the big things is that um, Gavin Peppers, who is another one of the junior college, he was supposed to start at. He was one of the favorites to start at point guard. Uh, he has a bone bruise, and he's going to be out three to five weeks. And then DeMonte Flanagan, the only senior on that team, he, according to uh, SID, Cleveland State's SID, uh, Greg Murphy, um, he, I think he had tweeted it out that he had to go to – he actually had to go to the hospital uh, because he was, uh, you know, I guess he was having chest pains. He came back, um, but he was definitely out of commission for the game. So hopefully that's not a serious thing for DeMonte. But man, yeah, that would have been, would have been, you know, having him on that team would have been very nice because it kind of depleted them a little bit in terms of the rotation. That's probably where kind of getting worn down at the end won't state. But I, I got to say, the again the 
where this team was last year proportion to this year is uh, a little bit more optimistic at least at the very least um you know this isn't a team that's you know this isn't a team that's starting out feeling like they've got one hand yeah. tied behind yeah. their back i mean i i I think there's room for plenty of optimism and it's not just with those guys. There's also optimism, you know, down South, um, right state transition starts off with a nice pop. I mean, how, how, how much can you say about Mark Allstork coming in there and dropping 30 on Southern Illinois? I, I was, I was yeah. very impressed. Yeah, and that's the thing, and it's interesting because you, you, you know, when we were going through all the preseason prognostication, there was, you know, where Wright State was going to finish was wildly varied. But when you got a guy like Allstork on your on your rotation, on your roster, I mean, Scott Nagy, who was did just outstanding state, and we talked about this last week. You you get those guys in, and you get you know you get you get the quick buy-in in like that against you know a Southern Illinois team that you know as we've talked about is kind of a little low end of the you know they they've been struggling for 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 quite a few years, but um, you know you're still talking about a team from the valley. Um, it's a good start. It's a nice win for them. Um, what was the final score? I think it was like what ninety five, ninety one, or something like that. Or yeah, it was. It was, just... it was a barn burner. I, I don't recall the absolute actual final score of it, but it was it was quite good. <clears throat> I find that interesting because you're gonna. I, and uh, you know, we we talk about this. Uh, we we talk about the you know we talk about you know defensive makeup of. You know, of the Horizon League, we did last year. Um, it wildly varied. Obviously, on the very low end was the Cleveland States. <laughs> on the very high end, you had like you know you had Oakland with Kay Felder. But I gotta say, if you know they, they can jack up ninety four, if they're gonna jack up that many points on a regular basis, I mean, I don't think you're gonna score ninety five points a game. I don't think any college basketball team will ever do that. But if you, you get a team that's going to can score a good 70 to 75 points in this league. What was Loyola Marymount averaging? I don't remember. Back oh, in they the were, early they were, 90s. Oh, they were with their running gun. Oh, they were, they were averaging. I, I, I think they say were averaging. They, I want to say they averaged something like 115 or something like that. Or maybe yeah, no, that can't be right, but. I know they were scoring a hundred almost every time out. Yeah, does that happen? Will that would that happen in this? You know, you know, would would that happen in the college basketball landscape now? Probably not. You don't have. Will it happen again? You know, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I mean, totally. you know, don't get me wrong. College basketball as a whole is trying to get to a point where you know they're they're cutting down the shot clock. They're trying to make the game faster. You know, different things. But do I think they're ever going to get to the point where you're going to be averaging, you know, you're going to have a team that's going to average triple digits a game? Uh, probably not. But, if you get, but it depends, not, it depends especially if defense not in the Horizon become, League. It depends if defense becomes out of vogue. And I would say that a conference like the Horizon League is where it's more likely to happen because if you get that one, that one program that the points – 
you know, that, that puts a whole lot of talent on the roster. Uh, mid-major conferences where they're going to be able to do that because that's where you'll find the least amount of talent, you know, def- defending them. I think the least likely conference you'll see that in is like the Big Ten, wherever, where, you know, half the teams are playing slower ball. Yeah, like like Wisconsin. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, honestly, though, I think there are uh, there. I really think there are too many programs within the Horizon League that put a lot of focus on defense. And so, I, I, I as much as I would like to think that you know, it is possible that that could be a it, that you know a high scoring Horizon League team could come to the forefront. Just given the fact that you've got a, you've got a few, quite a few coaches within this league that preach the press. Gary Waters being one of them, I, I just I, I don't see it. I mean, <laughs> I, I you know if they're if they're going to have a high scoring offense, it's going to be depressed every time they play like a every time they play like a Cleveland State that presses you know that presses a lot. Um, we'll see though. I mean, we'll see, but uh, you know, there's definitely some possibilities out there in terms of you know some you know places that have some serious scoring power. I do want to say that it's it's pretty cool to see that even though we we've got a lot of nice new players coming into the conference that are putting up some big numbers. It's it's nice to see that returnees are the ones that are really you know yeah. pacing the conference. All Stork. Peters, Morse, Stephen Davis, Martez Walker, and yeah. Matt Donlin are your high scorers. Oh, and one is uh, one last new uh, one last uh, one last new new face that I did want to talk about, um, and this goes back to the Cleveland State Kent State game, and that is that's Cash Thomas, the kid out of Canada. Um, you know, he stepped. He is he stepped in. Um, you know, he's, you know, Gary Waters, as you know, is notorious for not generally starting freshmen. Yeah. But at the same time, Gary Waters has also prided himself on just pulling, pulling kids out of nowhere. And I think Cash Thomas is one of those kids because he played, he almost, the kid almost got a double double last night. And that's, that's phenomenal, especially where they started out during the game. But yeah, Gary Waters has this very interesting gift of, you know, finding, you know, finding those players that know that is under, that's not on anybody's radar. Last year it was Rob Edwards, Norris Cole. He was the only guy that Cleveland, Cleveland State was the only division one school that offered him a scholarship. Now you got a kid like Cash Thomas who, you know, who's coming in as a freshman and being able to contribute and contribute in this, you know, be able to kind of take a situation like a, like an injury to Gavin Pepper to a, you know, a more, you know, more, you know, veteran player like Gavin Peppers and take that in stride and run with it. That does bode well. And I think that's, uh, you know, that, that keeps happening in Cleveland state, but yet here we are. Yep, yep, yep. It's. I, I think that there are so definitely some things that Gary Waters is very good at that has allowed him to put together that you know the, that kind of talent at Cleveland State. 
it's almost like there's always a reload. There's always instead of us. Which was it's, like, yeah. oh my god, what are we doing? <laughs> well, yeah, but but it took a bit of time. Now it's more like a this year for them seems more like a typical we're re, we're we're rebuilding. We're going to surprise a bunch of people. It seems like more of that type of situation that we're used to at Cleveland State as opposed to last year, which was just a train wreck all over. This, this seems a little this seems a little different than that. And so when you look and you look at the team, you know, if you're getting this type of performance out of them, and I want to say more, more of the second half of this, this game against Kent State as opposed to the first half, because the first half was a um, second half like performances from Cleveland State later on down the road, they're going to be a tough out. And they always are, except, you know, last year. And, and maybe it's because last year was so awful that. The, the the expectations are kind of mm-hmm. you know everybody's kind of like oh, I don't know I don't know what might happen but you know it, it it seems a little bit more of a normal situation for Cleveland State now than it was last year do they do they kind of exceed expectations I still I think I, I think still maintain team, they're gonna I think every team that loses a bunch the year before is almost yeah. almost always guaranteed to not be expected to do much. So I would not be surprised at all to see Cleveland State, you know, just completely usurp what we all thought they were gonna do. Um what what I think is what I think wouldn't what I think be the, be would, surprisingly <laughs> would not be the first time. Wouldn't be the first time. But yeah, um State, but that, again, that right is a, for right state. You know, they're in a much, obviously they're in a much better situation. I mean, yes, they had they had the pieces in place already when Billy Donlan was there, but now you well, bring they did in, have a pretty they had a pretty senior laden team last year. There are some guys that they just did not have into this year that they had last year. So it wasn't like you know. I think there was a lot of people who thought. I think I think a lot of people would look at. You know their their roster coming into this year and think well, they have their shot. You know their shot was last year and they you know they they screwed it up. Their their three shots in a row they messed it up, and that's why they went and fired Billy Donlin. But I don't think they caught that. I, I don't think anybody really caught the fact that Billy Donlin's ne- never built a team to have one really great year and and leave. When he mm-hmm. built our team, he built it for two years, 0405 and 0506. And he just kept like loading the JUCOs in and that got it got us there. But we ended up having that empty cupboard. And Wright State did not have an empty cupboard, even though they were a, you know, led by seniors last year. I think Billy Donlin built a very strong program. And now he whether, and whether now, or not, yeah. Whether or not you think that he, he was the coach to lead them, you know, to the to the next level. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that he built the program. So these guys that he's ta- that that are being taken to the, you know, these guys are being taken. If they, if they go really far, you know, that's that's not just well, we changed our coach. So obviously, you know, this we're we're you know much better team now because we changed the coach. It's not just that. You know, Billy Donlin did build that program, and I think they're one of the first people that's going to say. You know that Billy Donlin was a big part of their success. Would be a guy like Scott Nagy. 
absolutely be able to mm-hmm. admit that. Well, you know, Billy left me with a really good, a really good roster, a really good program. So it's it, you know it's a it's a good thing. And moving yeah, out absolutely. of Ohio, I, I do I do want to mention you know us before I move on to other you know before we move on to others. On the, along the same thread, you know, who is who's leading the 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 Laval Jordan era start with uh, Rob Jeter recruit in Brock Stull. You know, you mix you mix your own players, you mix players, and you come out with something new. And yep. thankfully, there was some talent left. Thankfully, we didn't lose younger guys like Stull. Um. We we lost what could have been a really great year this year, but I don't think a right state was. You know, right state wasn't screwed over. They they didn't it's lose true. a lot of they didn't lose a lot of players by attrition. It no, was they really did. It was very you know it was it was as smooth a transition as you could expect from a program where quite a lot of fans and a big chunk of the roster from what I gather, pretty much all of them were big fans of their coach for, for them to be so exactly. supportive of Billy. Yeah. For that, you tip the hat to, uh, to see Montgomery Burns at age 45, Bob <laughs> Grant, Bob Grant. <laughs> Bob Grant, who is still uh, Bob Grant, who has st- who still has you blocked on Twitter. Uh huh. Well, that's fine. <laughs> or, oh so, yeah, so, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. <laughs> somebody, somebody who works, who works for Wright State Athletics, who cashes checks for Wright for Wright State yeah. Athletics, sent me this really funny funny collage of of pictures of Bob Grant in the same like standing in the same kind of position that. Um, that's my uh, that burn uh, that Mr. Burns is sitting in, and I could not stop laughing when I was looking at that thing. And I'll sh- I'll share it with you at some point because you got to see it. But it's just it, it was just really funny. Who is that man? He's, he's, that's just the man I need. Yeah, exactly. It's, bring me Scott Nagy. I will give him a half a, and he will do exactly what I want him to do. Excellent. Yeah. It was, oh, it was, yeah. it was don't really good. Forget to, don't forget hashtag. Oh yeah, come on, man, you're killing me here. <laughs> for, all, for all the for all the vitriol, at least the, the at least there was some humor about it inside Wright State Athletics, and at least they've been able to make that transition. Um, yeah, it's, it's exactly. hard 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 to get much out of our game. Uh, it's uh, MSOE is a Division three school in town, Milwaukee School of Engineering. Great program uh, for athletics. I'm good friends with. The uh, the uh, I, I've known the baseball coach Steve Sanfilippo. He played for us when I was a student. Um, he was a couple of years older mm-hmm. than me. Our soccer coach Jimmy Banks is an alum from Milwaukee. One of our one of you uh, team, uh, team USA's all time players. Uh, so so MSOE is really good. They got Kevin Conway as their SID sports info director. He was at Milwaukee for a long time. I want to say. 10 years or so he was he was a, an assistant SID here and it was just it was really good to see that we were it's really good to see that a program like MSOE is doing well and I'm I'm happy that we we could you know get that game against them it didn't really do much right. uh, it really didn't do much in the way of telling us what we have as a team 
It's most um, of the non D one team, you know, non D one teams. You know, and by the way, in that vein, congratulations to Detroit for not losing to a division one non division one team this time around. Way to go! Yeah. It's there, there's there's two things that you want to avoid. Um, that's embarrassment and injury, and Milwaukee yes. avoided both. Yes, um, and that's usually yeah. I mean, it, 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 as you know, the the you know, as much as we decry putting non D one teams on the schedule because nobody wants to watch them and blah 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 blah. There's there's a method to the madness, like it, but what we you know what we like has no relevance <laughs> they're they're there for a reason they're there to you know pretty much as much of it probably you know i i want to say i don't want to say self-esteem boost but definitely a way to kind of work out the kinks of say for example you're coming off a you know you're coming off a high major team and you know a game against a high major team and you want to kind of get back into you know <laughs> You know, you go play a non-division one team. I used yeah, to I think be. That's what, I think, you, yeah, go ahead. So. I used to be a guy who was really against non-division one games because I still it am. always felt like we were weak. Uh, I mean, I get the, uh, I, I get the, I get the, I get the, I, get the, I, get the uh, I understand the thought process, but I still don't like it. I under I don't like it, but I understand. That's all I mean. It's not. It's, it's not. I mean, what what is it about it that you that you you understand? I guess is what my question. I is. understand the reasoning behind why you would schedule a non division one team. I understand that you know with a non division one team you can what give your start. You know, a non. What would your reason be behind I, scheduling? I would say if you like, for example, I I know, uh, you know. Again, if you're playing, you know, you want to get some time to just, um, to you know, it's kind of an adjustment game where you can work, do some things in the rotation you couldn't necessarily do against, say, uh, a higher, a higher mid major or 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 you know, a low or a high major team. You know that that's yeah. that opportunity is not there. Um, you could do that against a non-division one team, and it's not really gonna. You know, you can you can fiddle around with the you can fiddle around with the roster, fiddle around with the rotation, and it's not gonna cost you big time. There are occasions where it does, but it doesn't happen that way. So that that's kind of the thought. Part. And again, when you come off of a tough game like a lot of these non-D one team, uh, non-D one teams that are scheduled, they're usually coming off of a. a off of a tough game that was played previously, like against a high major or a, or one of the top, one of the you know upper echelon mid major teams, and so it it's a, it's a kind of a way to get back into you know I I think it would be you know especially if you got pounded by a high major team, it's a good way to kind of get yourself back into the swing of things. Now, from a fan standpoint, you know. To watch, you know, who the heck wants, you know, who the heck wants to watch a non-division one team? I mean, but that's you take it. You take the good with the bad, and I, I'm not on the. I'm still not. I'm still not on the bandwagon of doing this. I still think it's if you are a season ticket holder and you're paying full price 
for the entire se- for each game the entire season and two of those games are a non-division are against non-division one opponents I'm probably jumping through my skull but I get it I get the tactical part of it but, you know I get it. I get the tactical part of it if you if you limit if you limit games to division one teams what's going to happen is that mid majors are going to have their RPI just drop. And the reason yeah. for that is that those non-D1 games would not get replaced. We wouldn't be replacing MSOE with Duke. We would be replacing MSOE with, you know, Western Illinois or Southern Utah or Centenary's not Presbyterian. You know, we'd be replacing them with a low major and low majors uh, will invariably get poor. Try it RPI. again. I'm pretty sure Presbyterian's a D1 school now. Yeah, I know. I'm saying we would be replacing a Division three school with D1. That's what, that's what and I'm that's, saying. And that's, the other, re- that's the other okay. tactical thing that I understand that, yeah, if you, if you play a non-D1 school, it's not going to affect your RPI. So there's that third component to it. Uh, and it's again, not that it's gonna, not going to affect our RPI, but I don't think it affects Valpo's RPI because if Valpo or Oakland or somebody's in, 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 in the running – for a you know either a, an NCAA tournament bid or you know at least you know wanting to get a better seed, you know if we if we replace all those non D one games with D three and D two games, or we replace yeah we replace those games with low major division one games, the RPI for whoever's at the top of the conference is going to drop because everybody else's will drop with them. So it's 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 about making it so we are not you know, getting that practice game. Getting that game that's um, that, that that you're you have a good shot of winning, but not get, not giving up the goose in on the RPI. Um, yeah, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Plus, it, it it's it's a good thing for school. I don't, like I don't dis- disagree with that in any way, shape, or form. I understand the method to the madness. I just think of it from a from a standpoint of somebody. I, I think of it from a standpoint of a fan who, you know, doesn't you know even like the cat you know, like again. I look at it from the standpoint of a of a season ticket holder who's paying full price for each of the games that he's that they are that they're going to, and that you. I mean. I mean, I get the reasoning behind why these teams are scheduled. It makes practical sense. It makes perfect tactical sense. It makes, from a scheduling standpoint, it's it's a non, you know, it, there's it's a, it's kind of a low risk, you know, obviously low risk based upon um, the RPI ramifications, but. If you're in the process of trying to build a fan base, are you going to build a fan base in by, you know, attracting, you know, what do we have? We had Tiffin and we've got Lake Erie College for Cleveland State. You know, how many, how many of those, how many people are, you know, how many people are excited to go out for that? Well, I mean, I and, don't get, and, don't get, and don't get me wrong. I mean, you know. Yeah, it's awesome that they're winning these games. I mean, you know, Cleveland State beat Cedarville by 40 last year, and literally that was the – and 
yeah, and that was essentially the highlight of the season. But the season is against a team, you know, most people have never heard of. You know, you're you're going to be sitting in an empty gym. Well, things may think it might be that it, it might be that at uh, in Cle- in Ohio and in Cleveland, you just have all, so many schools. Just because it's such a it's well, a not very just so many. Well, yeah, and not just so many. Area, but, okay, go ahead. So many schools. Remember too that you know you have North. You know you have so much. You know so many other distractions. And keep in mind that Ohio is. You know, no matter what school you're going to, Ohio is bad or indifferent. Dominated by the Ohio State University. So no matter what you do. You're going to suffer by comparison, and I'm sure on a you know you know I, I don't know how that works with Wisconsin and all the Wisconsin schools, but I know in the state of Ohio, Ohio State is king. Doesn't matter where you're from. I not a fan of that whole thought process, but I also didn't go to Ohio State, so I mean that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, things are not the. Uh... You know things are th- things are not the same here because we don't have many schools. We mm-hmm. just don't. We have, you know, we have twelve school, twelve or thirteen schools that are um, that are four year schools in the UW system. Yeah, and thirteen two year schools that are UW something. Uh-huh. And of those, there's only three that are in. In Division One, so it's it's Madison, Green Bay, and us. And then it's for private schools. There are small schools, but they're not as many as you know one would think. It's not like we have, you know, it's not like we have you know, t- you know there's no interest in Tiffin. Well, mm-hmm. when MSOE comes comes in, you know, MSOE brings a bunch of people. Yeah, doesn't get to play us very often. See, that's, but that's interesting because it's funny you mention that because when we have nearby local schools that come in um, like a John Carroll or a Baldwin Wallace. They're not bringing that many people. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not bringing like half of their alumni. They're not doing that. Even when they, and even when you have us, and this is something we ran into last year, even when you have a team that has a whole bunch of a school that has a whole bunch of alma, uh, alumni in the area, like any Mac school, be it Akron, be it Kent State, be it Ohio U, you know, people that it makes it look like it's an Ohio U home game, but it's not going to be, you know, you're, you're not going to be, your, your gym, your, your arena is not going to be busting at the doors. You're busting at the seams, you know, for it's, it's standing remotely. It's not going to happen. And by the way, to your point, yeah, you have the three. You have the three public schools. I think you'll have what one or like maybe one additional D one school in Marquette. I don't think you have yeah. any more than four Division one schools in the entire state of Wisconsin. Do you? No, that's it. That's four. Marquette. Well, yeah. Marquette, Wisconsin, Green Bay, Milwaukee. That's it. Because we have obviously, as you know, obviously we have a ton more. Honestly, you have eleven at or least 12, a dozen division schools. At least, at least. I mean, you 
at least a dozen schools. You got two down in Cincinnati. You got two in Dayton. You've got Bowling Green in, in Toledo. You've got Akron, Kent State, Youngstown State, Cleveland State, Ohio. Yeah, you got a bunch. But everything yeah. falls in fiddle to the Ohio State University. So, yeah. From that standpoint, especially in terms of, you know, in terms of Ohio, in terms of like Cleveland State and Wright State and Youngstown State, you've got to compete against that on top of everything else. And, you know, even in spite of the fact that, you know, Thad Mata at, uh, you know, at Ohio State hasn't exactly been setting the world on fire in the last couple of seasons with the Buckeyes, you're still going to get a lot more eyes on that program than you are. You know, and it, it is it is not, a, you know, I don't like, but, it, you know, it's a, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, it really is. So I don't I don't think anyway. that the, I don't think it's the same everywhere. And the non the non division one games there, there's some interest for locally for those uh, at those non division one campuses. There's the opportunity for the team to get better against a team that may not be the greatest, but also does not, you know, is not like garbage. You know, you get, you're, you're practicing against warm bodies and against let's, let's be, let's face it. These kids are still college basketball players. It's not like we're just, you know, playing against the YMCA pickup game team. We're playing against an actual, you know, an actual team. So it's, it's better. It's better than people think. I, I'm happy that we keep doing it. I used to be a, an opponent of it because I'd rather, you know, see us play a game like Northern Illinois rather than MSOE, but we're not going to replace MSOE with Northern Illinois. We're going to replace them with, you know, Poughkeepsie State or you know, whatever, whatever low major. Did you just make a gonna... dodgeball reference, man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a bold hey. strategy, Cod. Let's see if it pays off for him. All right. Let I me say this: I, I do, I do, I do think that we that that uh, that there should be some point where Gary Cole and Jason Bateman get together, and the two of them uh, you just call some kind of sporting event as as the two uh, as uh, Cotton I, and I, Pepper. I, 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 yeah. yeah, and I I think with that I think we're gonna close out for the week. All right. Um. Next week, um, we'll be uh, we'll be back with all of you uh, again. If you you know find us on Four Lights and uh, find us wherever uh, wherever you find good podcasts. Yes, everybody, listen to us talk some more. All right, talking more talking, but not today. We're out.